every week I can say I'm so struck with the privilege to hear the wisdom and the gold that these guys have in how they see their relationship with God. So we're going to allow you guys to be a part of that as I'm going to invite Maya, Miriam, and Anna up here. And there is the chance for you guys to ask these girls questions that you may have about what it's like to be a Christian in schools today, what it's like for them, like, following God, like, how do they see Jesus? So Matt's going to do the running around with a microphone, but get your questions ready as I invite these girls up to take their seat on the panel. Okay, so first I'm going to ask these guys very, very important questions. So, for instance, Miriam, can you tell us who your favorite superhero is? I believe the shirt's quite obvious who it is. It's Batman. If you like Superman, I'll actually come to your house. (laughs) I'm kidding, I won't. So don't tell her where you live. It's dangerous. (laughs) Um, Maya, if you had $500, apart from obviously like sharing it between you and your brothers, I'm sure, what would you do with it? Uh, To be honest, I'd probably save it for the season and all that. That's very smart, very smart. (laughs) And Anna, now Anna is a crack up. And one day, the last... A couple of weeks ago, she got in my car as we were driving to youth group, and she's like, Becky, I've got a really important question for you. And she wants to ask that same question to all you guys. Where would someone go without a reason? <laughs> now, 25 minutes later, we still couldn't come up with an answer. So if you have one, please come and tell us. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually um, uh, answered the question oh, today. <laughs> so anyone wants to know not not right now until you figure it out (laughs) and that can't be the first question as we hand out the microphone um so yeah does anyone have any questions for these guys that you want to know about their life or their walk with Jesus or it can be who someone else's favorite superhero is (laughs) apart from that tomorrow So I wanted to ask, um, what's your, um, the fruit of the spirit that you most relate to and why? Okay, so let's do a recap of the fruits of the spirit for everyone else that is, uh, in doubt. Can, can we get the shouting out please? Come on. Love, joy, love, patience, Yeah, we did them in kids' church last term, Becky, so... Too bad the kids aren't here. because I'm very affectionate <laughs> and yeah and I, I guess I cherish important people in my life and yeah that's probably Sorry, she does need the microphone so that it can record. Uh, 
maybe love. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think I'm love. Okay. I'm going with love as well because I'm not patient. I don't have self-control and I've forgotten the rest. Um, I like the, it's not really a verse, but it's a song of Miriam. One, because it has my name in it. No, I'm kidding. But I just like the song, even though it's about a bunch of soldiers being drowned in a river. It still has a special place in my heart. <laughs> I read it when I'm enraged with life. Um, my favourite song is, it's called Play That Funky Music, White Boy, which many of you probably know, but anyway, it's very, very groovy. But I do, I do have a favourite, like, character in the Bible or something, because last time with the youth service when we did this play on, we called him Zucchini instead of... <laughs> Zacchaeus. Um, but I thought that was cool because um, he kind of just, after all the sins he did, and then Jesus chose him, even though he was the, he was the shortest and he didn't didn't get it. So. Um, but yeah, and he just when he saw Jesus, he kind of just gave everything back and just I guess like said sorry to everyone, and I guess it was pretty powerful and no one expected it to happen. So. My favourite story is the parable of the lost son. It's like, no matter what you do, God's always going to love you in that. And zucchini. I want to know what the best and the worst thing about high school is. And also, what it's like to try and follow Jesus at high school mm. at the moment, in 2018. Yeah, and what year you're in, and yeah. what school you're at. It's a lot you. of questions. <laughs> I'm in Year 7 and I go to Holy Spirit College. Year 7 Criminal High, also known as Coromel. <laughs> um, I go to Warrawong High School and I'm in Year 8. So, what's the, the best thing about my worst thing? Can I do that? We're going with best. Well, I can't think of the best. <laughs> well, maybe you'll see guys on Probably my friends and that we get to talk a lot and also basketball. I have a lot of things actually and a lot of worse things as well. <laughs> um, so the first one would be friends and then the second one would be finishing an assignment and then the third one would be sport and basketball. That's it. <laughs> My friends, as Anna said, sorry I'm spilling your thing, and probably the teachers because they're actually not that bad at a school called Criminal High. So, yeah. One of the good things about high school is if you don't like someone in your class, you're not stuck with them for the rest of the year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
homework. Humans. Drama. Like the classes or people fighting? <laughs> like people drama. <laughs> like drama in class is my favourite subject. So. <laughs> Day about that. Especially Layla. <laughs> she has a lot of drama. <laughs> you want to hear the gossip, guys? Okay, surprise, 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 Criminal High actually has a high population of Christians. So it's not actually that bad. Um, yeah, 200 to 300 students are Christians, so that's pretty good. Uh, well, it's not like you're your only person out of your friend group who's a Christian. It's like sort of awkward, but um, it still is awkward. But um, yeah, it's not like I've heard from Anna's stories how it's like, you can't even get a lunchtime group going because, and you have a way bigger population than us because people are just not, you know. But at our school, surprisingly, we actually got a pretty big Christian population, so it's pretty easy to get that stuff going. Mm, yeah, we actually have a lunchtime group going at Tuesdays at the moment, so, yeah. Read Bible, and because most people at my school don't own one, um, and or they burnt the ones they were given at the beginning of the year. So I go to a Catholic school, but um, there's lots of different religions. There's um, there's Catholic. There's people that are just they don't really have a section of Christianity. I don't know. I'm not good with words. Sure. Um, and then I have like a Muslim friend, and um, there's some people that don't believe in God at all. So it's like a mix of people, and there can be some arguments over things. Yeah. More than it was at my primary school. Uh, well, at my school, we don't actually have anything. Like, we don't have scripture, no lunchtime groups, and it's like n nothing religion. It's just nothing. <laughs> but um, it, I guess it's kind of hard because I guess people make fun of it when it comes up with the topic, and also, like... Well, it, I know one friend in my friend group who is a Christian, but it's kind of awkward to talk about because you're the only two people that you know who believe in that stuff. And it's, I guess it's hard because you, you're the only one and you're trying to express it, but it's hard to express because no one believes in it. And I guess they don't understand, but yeah. Hello, I'm wondering how social media affects your Christian life. So does it, is it helpful? Is there ways that it's helpful or is it mostly unhelpful? Why do I have to go first? And second of all, I don't really use social media very much. I'm just sort of, eh. Mostly because mum's stupid gym posts. Like, oh, I can lift. Oh, oh, got new sneakers. So I sort of get out of social media and just try to ignore it. Because 
No one cares, Mom. I'm sorry. Um, but no, I don't really think it actually affects me. Well, I use social media a lot, but I don't think it really like has much of an effect on my Christianity or anything. It just is there. Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> can I can I insert? Sorry, because we actually do talk a lot about social media at small group. Not so much your use of it, but maybe a different question is how does social media affect high school for you guys? Can I answer the first question first? Okay. Uh, well, I agree with Maya. It doesn't really affect anything of like my beliefs, but yeah. And uh, yeah, you see it a lot around high school, especially with people using it and stuff. Anyway, (laughs) what was your question? So just what you said about people using it, is it a good thing or a bad thing from what you see? I think it's a bad thing because it's very addictive and um, it, can affect your eyes and stuff with blue lights I've heard or something. <laughs> and also, um, it's just you're on it like every day and it's just you can't get off it. And then like scrolling through just videos and it's like, it's like oh, just one more. And then you're on it for hours and hours <laughs> and you're just lying in bed and you're not doing anything. You're just lying there on your phone. I think it's very addictive and it's hard to stop, but yeah um some people can't control it but i think it's a bad thing <laughs> i need to call two people out here layla always on a phone and mum who says oh let's do the dishes and then she three hours later and i think social media is a bad thing at my school especially because it starts so much drama it's sad Well, I feel like a lot of people, like, value themselves based on, like, social media. One of my friends the other day was um, crying, like, literally crying because she only got, like, 70 likes on her Instagram post. Like, I have 70 followers. That would be everyone. Like, I'd be happy. But, um, yeah, it, like, people are focusing more and more on, like, what people say over the internet than, you know, real life and stuff. And also, like, comparing themselves to, like, a picture that is printed in, like, high school people (laughs) and everyone's trying to, like, live up to it. And it's, yeah, it's really, like... And then if they don't, they kind of put themselves down about that. Um, I'm just interested, certainly not making a... Uh, judgment call on this but I'm just interested to know if you girls pray for your friends not necessarily telling them that you do that but do you do you pray for your fr- your non-christian friends at school yes oh yeah at Soul Survivor we got this little sheet on like um how to like kind of pray for non-christians and try and like I guess I don't know, but we got this little sheet on what the things we should pray for. And so what I did, I, like, put it on the toilet wall. So then 
whenever I would go, I would pray for them and like I would have a list of people and then all the questions and like points to just pray for. And it's really helpful. So. Um, yeah, they gave us the same list in youth after Seoul. So I've got the same things just um, next to my bed. I don't use it a whole lot actually, but <laughs> yeah, I have like, like I said before, a lot of my friends are Christians, but um, for ones that don't, yeah, I pray for them sometimes. Yeah, same here. I do pray for my friends who aren't Christian, but it's like, you know, I, st- I know some of them definitely probably won't become Christian ever in their lifetime, but I still pray and hope, you know, that, you know, they might join my faith. That sounds really weird now I say that aloud. That sounds creepy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing anything, you guys. I'm not, I'm not, you know, starting a cult or anything, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, I think it's like, um, like block out the, like take away the stuff that's blocking the belief of Jesus and, um, something else is, oh, uh, hope that people come by who are believers and can talk to them and, um, there's something else that's like, starts with R, Rev and Rev. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, those are some. Um, <clears throat> I have a question about um, whether you feel that does Christianity ever come up in your classes? So I know that um, you know sometimes uh, there'll be more contentious issues in certain classes. Like so, rather than just your peers talking about it, you've talked a little bit about some of your friends being Christian or non-Christian. Um, in terms of your formal lessons in class, is Christianity like a no-go zone? Do you feel like you could respond in a way that would be respected if you were like, I'm a Christian and I think this, say you were having a discussion in English or in science or maybe in RE um, or you know whatever, do you feel like you would be listened to and respected by your teachers? And is that ever anything that comes up? Well, yeah, at, um, at my school, we, like, the whole school prays at the beginning of the day. And there's also, um, at the start of most classes, we have a prayer. It's usually, like, written on the wall somewhere or something, so the same each day. But, um, and, yeah, we have Catholic studies classes that we have every week, more than once. So Christianity, and that comes up a lot in class. Mostly, yeah. Surprisingly, as I said again, higher Christian popularity, um, no, population, sorry, at our school. So it's not actually that awkward. But um, yeah, we've had actual couple talks, especially in English, about like religion and stuff. And Christianity comes up quite a lot in English literature and stuff. Even in math, we had to talk about Christianity once doing, um, uh, what was it? I forgot. It was some subject. I don't pay attention to what the subject was. I was just learning that day. I was tired. Um, <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Laugh we like. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, I, we do talk about it, and it is respected, even though sometimes you do get into arguments. Like, as I said, people were burning Bibles, when the, the Gideon Bibles, when we got them at the beginning of this year. Um, yeah, a lot of people got angry about that. Let's just say they were suspended for a good long time for that. <laughs> a very, very long time. And they weren't, like, very much very liked when they came back. But, um, 
Yeah, it's we actually, yeah, as I said, yeah, I'm just going to shut up. Uh, yeah, I don't think it comes up much in our, well, my classes because we don't really have anything religious-based stuff. And But it, even if it does come up, like in history or something, yeah, it would be respective, respected if I said something or... But, yeah, so... Yeah, there's nothing really happens <laughs> with Christianity and conversations about that in my subject. Any more questions? So girls, if you are having a conversation with a year six boy or girl and they're going into high school next year. Um, I wanted to ask what is what does your personal relationship with God look like and do you get any time during the day or the week to spend some alone time with God? Do you want a visual, like, paint, like a, a visual mindset or do you actually want words? Or do you want me to, like, paint a picture in your head? <laughs> um, pretty great. Um, I'd say it looks like a chocolate cake <laughs> that's half eaten. I'm kidding. No, it's a full chocolate cake. I have a great relationship with God. We have a conversation all the time, you know. <laughs> but, um... No, I seriously do. I ask him what his favourite piece of chips are. I've told you this. I've told Okay. This one time, I had these two chip packets. This is at my dad's. And um, I'm like, God, if you could choose a, pe- a chip right now, what flavour of chip to choose? And my mind pointed... <laughs> Shut up. My mind pointed to the, um, like, I don't know, what were, they, what were the flavours? Or like, okay, the um, nacho cheese and supreme cheese. <laughs> okay. They're very different. <laughs> And I'm like, and my mind pointed to the nachos, and I'm like, we agree on something, God. But yeah. Anyway, on to you, Maya. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Maya. But yeah, I actually do. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of what to say. I, I'm not good with words. Um, <laughs> super proud, kind of guess we had Oceus. What was the first question again? We talk. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Not all the time, but you know, sometimes I'll remember that he's there, and I'll be like, oh, whoops, <laughs> sorry, I've been neglecting you for the past week. Um, but yeah, what was the second question? I have a bad memory. Doing homework all night. Um, I think it's it's pretty good, but I've realised that I've kind of looked at God as like doing a to do list. So I'm kind of trying to change that. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 good. Like it's always been good, and I've had a lot of things happened. But I guess yeah, I'm just working on trying to just be comfortable and just him leading me through life instead of me seeing what I can do. Anyway, um, and then things in my week. Um, every Tuesday I read the Bible with my mum and or we watch like a little video thing about something. <laughs> and I, I think that's pretty much it. And then youth group and, and church. <laughs> so, 
The three of you have done amazing so far. We've got one more question for you. Just one minute to go, and then we'll swap it over. Um, it's a bit more out there, but in thinking about your life at the moment, what is it that you are most afraid of right now? Yeah, like, yeah, what are you most, what is it that when you think to the future, what are you most fearful of at the moment? Failure. Um, just the, I have a very, I, I've always had a fear of failure, but especially because my aspiration is a bit weirder, like, I want to be a professor in archaeology, so it's like, you know, a bit out there, and most of my friends are like, what? You go to criminal high, like, you're probably going to become a tradie, <laughs> or homeless. <laughs> you're going to be tradie or homeless. We've had one famous person go to Cromwell Hall, okay? Just don't. We're not going to talk about that one. That one person. I can't remember his name. Apparently, he was some magician. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Now I will know that. But, um, yeah, probably failure in general. Just, oh, God, what if I fail? I'll become homeless. I'll become a tradie. <laughs> there you go. Nothing. Um, like, do you, do you mean, like, what I'm most afraid of in the future, just in general, or just with, with, with... Well, what I'm most afraid of with God, probably, and then I'll do the other one side, um, is probably being too busy for him or something because when you're growing older you're thinking about like money, food and rent and stuff <laughs> and stuff like that and it's like maybe I'll come too busy or I don't know um, and then in general probably not becoming sick because I'm not eating the right food or something because <laughs> apparently you need iron and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's mine. Also, I have a question for Matt and Becky. So, <laughs> just for the record, I am terrified of spiders. <laughs> um, I guess, kind of like Miriam, I'm scared that I'm gonna like stuff something up really badly or just. Um, put what I'm thinking into words. That's that's another issue. Um, but yeah, I'm scared that like, you know, I'm not going to be able to um, do things how I want it to and um, like get the job that I want and the house that I want and stuff like that. So. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask Becky, Matt. <laughs> Who is your favourite child in home group? <laughs> I'm afraid I don't think we have time for that question. What a shame. Let's give them a round of applause. Um, so now you guys have heard the wisdom that these guys have, but it's not fair if it's just them that gets grilled. 
So they have chosen three of you lovely people to come up here. So let's welcome Alira, Dan, and Pete to the stage. At Youth Group, we've already prepared the questions, so I hope you've had time to think about it. Um, I'm nervous. Now I know what you guys feel like. It is it's nerve-wracking sitting in a chair at the front here. What was your relationship status with God when you were a teenager? I think I would have to say it was routine. I was in a bit of a habit of doing what my parents thought was a good thing for me. And I think my relationship with God was pretty much routine. And I, it, that looked like doing some sort of Bible reading most nights and throwing a prayer up and not thinking about God much through the day. And also not critically thinking about what I really believed myself, and I would change that. I'll get, I'll get to answer that later. I would say mine was like a worker-boss type relationship. Like I felt like I had a lot of things I needed to do to uh, make God happy with me. To keep him. Yeah, that's good. Um, my relationship status was it's complicated. Um, <laughs> It was like, because I went to church a lot as a kid, Um, because I grew up Catholic, but like my family were the first to go off to like a Pentecostal church, so it was really weird, like um, it was different, so we're kind of like outsiders in our family and also at school, and then probably when I was about 12, I stopped going to church, so there's like from 12 to 18, there was a big chunk where I wasn't at church but I still believed in God. So I didn't have, like, youth group like you guys have, which is, you're so lucky. I was jealous looking at those awesome photos because to have someone, just, like, even have people like Becky and Matt with you every week or whenever you meet up and just have someone to talk to and look up to, I would have loved that back when I was in high school trying to navigate um, because I had no routine, um, but... Yeah, I loved God, but I didn't really have any way of outworking that. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my, yeah, my status. <laughs> um, what was one of the hardest things you encountered as a teenager and how did you overcome it? Um, I think through... Pretty much all of high school, I was um, completely lacking in self-esteem. I didn't um, have much faith in myself and my abilities. I was kind of worried about... (laughs) Is it back on? Okay. Um, Yeah, I was worried about what my friends would think, um, more than about what I thought. Yeah, it's the lack of self-esteem and shyness. Yeah, for us. I suppose I need... Um, I didn't grow much in high school. I started and finished really the same height, and I ended up the shortest person in my year. I was a late developer. Um, but really, how did I develop through the shine? I think I grew out of it eventually, and I think actually becoming good at a sport, and that was squash was something that gave me something to feel a bit of self-confidence about. And 
is that, I think, helped me. And I can't honestly say I looked to God for self-esteem, and I wish I had. But, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot since. Um, I would say through high school, I struggled with a bit of loneliness. Uh, I was a bit weird, so I didn't really fit in with people. And I felt through high school that that was the... That gave me a bit of internal trouble, especially in the early years, like year seven and year eight. Um, I found though, once I got to year nine, I had a good group of friends and that was really helpful. So I guess my recommendation would be find a good group of friends that they're gonna stick with you and then that will help with that. Yeah, friendships I think was the hardest about high school because every year I went to an all girls school, Elkie. Every year, every year was a different group to belong to and it was really hard because back in my day when, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, but it'd be the same where I didn't know where I belonged because um, like there were groups, so there was like this you know, Aussie group back then and then I was Italian background but I also was half Aussie and I was never proud of my Italian background, so trying to belong, I was kind of friends with different people in different groups. Um, and then there was just always, every year, just always a fight with some friendships over just, yeah, seven, year eight, year nine, um, year 10, and then year 11 and 12, just like lots when boys started getting involved, you know, like backstabbing and all that. And I was just like, oh, I just can't wait to... I kind of just had to look beyond all that. So um, you get better at it, girls. But yeah, just like friendships and wh where to belong, all that stuff. Um, yeah, was the struggles of high school. Yeah. And also, sorry, just like when Miriam was talking, um, like failure, that's probably always something in high school too. Like um, asking yourself, oh, what am I going to do? I d you know, I didn't even know I wanted to be a teacher until I think, like, yeah, year 11 and 12, I did a bit of experience. But trying to figure it all out when you're in high school is um, really tricky. So, um, yeah, not worrying about that too much because you eventually figure it out. Yeah. As social driver camp, we were encouraged to get back on the bandwagon when, when we felt weak in our faith. How did you get back on the bandwagon? That's a good question. Um, these days I say I stay on the bandwagon to some extent just by being regular coming here. I think that's really my primary encouragement from other, other people and from God to stay faithful to God. Just, uh, being, being a regular part of church really helps me. But the, the thing I do for myself is just try and make time for God to get back on a relationship with him. That's what back on the bandwagon is, is back into a real relationship, it's just realise I've got to clear something out of the way and stop doing something else and make a bit of time for God. Um, and that means sit and read the Bible and then don't just shut it and walk away, but sit and think about what God might have said and talk to him about it. And I really liked what we did in church this morning, which was a, a practice of reflecting on the last 24 hours and looking for where God was in that day. God's always there, but when did I recognise his presence and when did I respond to his presence? 
So taking time to do that sort of stuff really helpful. I would say that being involved in church, so like getting into the worship and the praying and that sort of stuff was very useful for me. Um, the other thing I would say is often if you've got questions, it can be called getting off the bandwagon, like if you're questioning stuff, but that's not necessarily a bad thing to be questioning, especially if you've got people like Matt and Becky who you can talk to about this stuff. Um, if you've got questions about your faith, that can be can actually be quite useful to try and work them out instead of just putting on a, a good face. Yeah, I found that question a bit tricky because I was like, well, what does it mean to get back on the bandwagon when sometimes you might just have a lot of questions and I think that's really good because you're in a safe place. So if you have safe a safe place, safe people to talk to and... Um, yeah, I reckon ask a lot of questions and it's okay not to be sure about things because um, I feel like if you're getting back on the bandwagon means you've got to have it all sorted and all together when there's a lot of adults here that don't have it all sorted and all together. Anyway. I know, surprised. <laughs> so, um, yeah, have really good people that um, you can talk to that, you know, it doesn't matter what question you ask. Um, yeah. Answers. I might just add to my response there too because there's been times when I've completely doubted the reality of God and Christianity and and I've just uh, digged myself into a bit of a hole of negative thinking about God and sometimes it just takes time and so God prompts me and says deep down you really do believe in me. Um, so... The last question is, um, if second you, the second last question is, um, if you could go back to when you were 15, what was one thing you could change? Oh, my, my height. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, I think I was going to say, um, spend a bit more time with my one true Christian mate and sort of be encouraged and encourage him and worry less about things like the girl I had a crush on who hated me. Um, but uh, I think I would, on top of that, I would say that I, I wished I had been more aware that God was there with me, regardless of whether I was paying him any attention or not, and that I went looking for him a bit more. Mine would be that God loves me no matter what. Like, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to be ticking off all the boxes. It's just... He loves you unconditionally, so just, yeah, know that. Yeah, they're good answers. Um, uh, what would I tell my 15-year-old self? I would say uh, don't worry. It's probably something that I would say in any time in my life, but don't worry about what people think about you. Um, don't worry about what you look like. Because um, I remember in high school... I was blind as a bat and I hated wearing glasses, which is, glasses are really popular right now, but I would walk around school and I refused to wear my glasses and my friends would like kind of make fun of me like, oh, Lyra, there's a hot guy over there. And I'd be like, can't see, can't see. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Well, what happened is sometimes Edmund Rice, the old boys' school, would be near the fence line and sometimes there'd be guys visiting. 
So <laughs> girls were always on the lookout for guys. Um, but yeah, I was so like preoccupied with, oh, excuse me, that made me look, um, with how I looked and worried and, I, you know, not fitting in. I feel like I blossomed when I was in my 20s. So um, yeah, don't worry about like what you look like or what people think because it really does not matter. Um, and I, yeah, I wish I was more confident back in my um, high school days and yeah, love that you guys, I, could, I don't think I could even got the front church when I was 15 and spoke in front of um, everyone and yeah, so I think you girls are like awesome doing that and hilarious and don't put yourself down because I think Miriam you're hilarious at the front I think you're very funny I wish I was as cool as you were when I was 15 um so yeah don't worry about what people think would be a big thing yeah um it's probably a big head thing pardon wear glasses (laughs) oh that's when I realized I was like uh Contacts came in. So I was like, yes, I'm going to start wearing contacts because I just need to be able to see. <laughs> um, struggle. You know, I remember putting my glasses on for the first time and I think I've had this talk with you, Sarah, like, and seeing the escarpment and I could see every tree clearly, every bit of green. I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Um, but I think I wouldn't worry about, so don't overthink what you wear. Don't overthink what, even just standing in church or not worrying about what people think. It's a bit of a head game, I think. I know life is a bit of a head game where you have to, um, you just tell yourself it's like, it's, it's okay, don't worry about it. Have good people around you that tell you that you're okay. You know, like it took me a while to have good friends that go, Alira, it's okay that you get all your words wrong and you mix up your sayings. And that that's a great thing about you. So, because like I put myself down a lot and then you have friends that go, oh, it's great, Alira, don't worry about your sayings that you do back to front and all that. Um, so, yeah, like pe- have good people around you and yeah, keep telling yourself that um, it's okay because it really matters what you think of yourself but God's with you no matter what. And he's the one listening. He knows all your insecurities and everything about you. Um, so probably, yeah, keep talking to God about it too. Um, yeah, practical things. Is that answering the question? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so the last question is, how has your relationship with God changed over time? Whoever you seem to be going the same. So. <laughs> Go for it, Pete. Um, it's become more based on my own life experiences with God than on um, theory and on what you know what I learnt in Sunday school or church or um, through reading the Bible. It became more based on getting to know some of the stuff that God says in the Bible because he would speak to me personally sometimes and through other people sometimes and he would just show me things that I'd know it wasn't me that had made up something I'd know that it was God had shown me or told me or done something. And so it's... Uh, like the chips. Like the chips. God did not choose nachos chips for me, but I didn't ask him, so that's okay. 
yeah, I think that's enough for me. I would say that I listen more now. When I was growing up, I would have been talking to God a lot, but not listening much. Whereas now I think it's more of a contemplative kind of look. So, hmm. what was the que- I d- didn't, I forgot this question. <laughs> I knew all the questions except for this one. What, what was the question again? Becky. Oh. Mm. What is it? So it's single. What's the thing on Facebook? Or in a relationship with? I'm in a relationship. (laughs) Or married to um, God. Um, How has it changed over time? I think I've learnt to listen to God more and trust my, um, I'd call it like my gut instinct, but it's like God would tell me things and go, oh, Lyra, this doesn't feel right. If I go somewhere or, um, or I'm talking to people, he'll say, yeah, Lyra, this is good situation or this is not. Um, so learning, and that just comes with practice, just it being in situations and just going, oh, God, what do you want me to do here? Just constantly asking God, what shall I do? What do you think about this, God? Um, yeah, that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, listening to God and trusting that instinct. I think it took me till I was in my 40s to get a real heart understanding that my significance comes from God, that he made me the way I am, that um, quirks and all, that I'm the way I'm meant to be and that he sees me as someone valuable and loved and that's where I should be looking for my self-esteem and that's where I get my self-esteem more since then, since, since understanding, learning that, appreciating that. chose all those questions and the people to ask them and they pretty much led us all this evening but Caro is now gonna come up and share a few words. I mean you look a bit surprised so I kind of just honestly feel after yeah I'll have a chair um after everything that's been said there's not much else left to say um except as I was um sitting here tonight and um listening to all of you and looking at all of you, um, I think what I would want to say to you is that uh, there is a, a, a Bible verse, it's not the one I have on screen, that um, it's not on screen, that uh, it says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Um, of, and what that means is that as, as you walk your journey of life and follow Jesus, you are surrounded by hundreds and thousands and millions of people who have followed Jesus before you and you are not alone. And I, just sitting and listening to you talk tonight, could just imagine that all of heaven is applauding you guys. They are applauding you for your faith, for your trust, for your questions, for your boldness, 
that God himself would be on his feet, clapping and cheering for each one of you as you are trying to figure out what it looks like to grow up and follow Jesus and be faithful. And we who are just listening to you and sitting with you tonight would join in that applause because you listening to you and getting to know you has just been amazing. I was like, wow, if church was like this every week, I'd be well down with that. Um, so that's what I want to say to you, that you are not alone and you are never alone and no matter how hard um, it feels like to follow Jesus and no matter what questions that you've got, I guarantee you that someone at some stage has wrestled with that and had to figure it out and has gone before you and you can always ask God and he will, he will help you um, and lead the way. And the second thing I want to say, which is a little thing I, I prepared, which I was just thinking, and I've got this verse up on the scratchy screen, and it's from the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a, a prophet. He's in the Old Testament, so the first thick part of the book. And um, he was a young person that God called to follow him. And this is what God said to Jeremiah it's written in, in the Bible, it says, the word of the Lord came to me. So basically God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you or I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So like it's like God wanted to come to Jeremiah as a young person and say, hey, Jeremiah, before you were born, before when you were just in your mum's womb, God, I chose you, I saw you, I put you together, I made you who you are. And I think that God would want to say that to each one of you tonight and to each one of us because it's not just young people that need to hear this, but that there is no other Anna in the world. There is not like a Chinese replica or an Indian replica of Anna. Like, you, there, there is no one else like Anna in this world. Never has been, never will be. You are absolutely put together 100% different from every other human being ever on this planet. The same goes for all of you. There is no one else like you. God has put you together so amazingly, and you, who you are, with all your goodness, all your personality, everything you're great and crap at, the way you look, everything is a gift to this world. And if only you could believe that, you could set the world on fire. Most of us take all of our lives to figure this out. Yeah, adults? Who's still working on this? We struggle to believe that we are good, we are loved, and we are made by God. But if you can get that now, that there is no one else like you, and before you were even born, God put you together and he chose you to be you. You could change the world. And I don't mean like, oh, you're going to go out and be Elon Musk. What I mean is you'll change your world. You'll change your family. You'll change the people around you. Just being you, being Layla, in all of your awesomeness, Layla, with all of your energy and all of your talking and all of your craziness. You'll set the world on fire. And, and God wants you to be Layla. He doesn't want you to be Maya. <laughs> Terrible idea for, for Layla to try and be Maya. So you've got to be the best Layla you can be. And only God can help you do that because he has deposited what is true and absolute inside of you. And 
our life task, adults, is to find who God made us to be and then be that with everything that we are. And it's the world that tries to tell us, be like this, be like that, do this, do that. But we have to learn the still, small voice of God that says, be like you. So you've got to learn to hear who you are. And some of that will just come out. Like I've known Elkie the longest out of all of you. I remember when Elkie was born. I was at her house before she was born. I was there the day Janet went into labour. And so I've known you the longest. And there are things I know about you that you've probably forgotten. Like when you were a toddler, Janet will correct me on this, but you would know by the car that arrived at the front of the house who was coming to visit, right? Now, you might think that's just something, but you know what it says to me? What is true and most deeply unique in Elkie is a deep love and recognition of people. You care. You really care about the people around you. Now, that will change the world. It's not everyone's like that. So you need to hold on to some of those things. I don't know how that outworks itself when you're 15 or when you're 25 or when you're 45. You'll go beyond recognising the cars that people show up in. But, <laughs> but even at that age, there was something so amazing about you, Elkie. And if I knew each one of you, oh, I have no mind, you're my niece or something. So. But, you know, if I could say that, I could, you know, people can say there is something about you that is so amazing and so unique and God loves you and he made you and he chooses you. And um, in the words of Oscar Wilde, be yourself, everybody else is taken. And that relentless love of God that we talked about, that we sang about tonight, he will chase you down and climb every mountain and break down every lie until you know absolutely that God 100% deeply, passionately loves you and chooses you. So that's what I would want to say to you guys tonight. And that's what I would want to say to you guys too because most of us are still learning to trust that what is deepest within us is good and marvellous, that we are gift to the world and that we can change the world and set it on fire if we are who we are and who God made us to be. Yeah? Amen. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that just given us so much fuel for prayer. And as Caro said, like we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. So I think it'd be great if we all stand up right now and come and surround these guys as that great crowd of witnesses. And I think we all have something to pray. So I'm not going to pass the mic around, but we, something we call in YWAM Korean style, um, where we're all going to pray at once. So you guys come in the middle. Yeah. And then everyone, like, let's get every single angle covered here. But, yeah. So. Um, what I mean by Korean style, for everyone that's like, what is that? It basically means, like, we're all going to pray at the same time. So no one's really, like, listening to what you're saying, but it just gives that, us all that place to pray out loud at once. And then Caro is going to finish and pray for us. So on the count of three, just start praying and go for it. Three, two, one. <laughs> 